You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. I'm your host, Mr. You. Thank you again for joining us on the All Purpose Pod for an All Purpose Life, wherever you are today and however you're listening to They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Thank you again for making us a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Thank you again for joining us. We are very, very close to the end of an era. You know, to be honest and transparent, I really never thought much less that I was going to have a podcast of my own. I did think I'd probably be doing some kind of sports podcast with friends, fantasy football. Those are things that are definitely on the table at the time, but I never thought I'd have a podcast of this kind that talks about what we talk about and do what we do. And on top of that, close out the third season, heading into a fourth one. It's been phenomenal. You guys have been a blessing. I want to just give you your flowers right now where you can appreciate those. Thank you again for helping us to be who we are today. One of the fastest rising podcasts and what I believe a strong influence in our community. I thank you guys for all your support, for sharing us, for subscribing. It means everything, so I appreciate it. You know, when you hear the term mercy rule, what do you think of? When you hear the term mercy rule, what do you think of? I know a lot of people who are into sports like I am. You hear that mostly in sports context. When you hear mercy rule, you're probably thinking about that little league baseball game where one team scores 15 runs in the first inning and the other team hasn't scored at all. In every inning, that team that has 15 runs continue to keep piling on. A run here, two runs here, a cluster of four runs here, and the other team still hasn't scored. The mercy rule in that event would be ending the game prematurely so that one set of children is not emotionally crushed. But in this case, we're going to talk about something a little bit different when we talk about the mercy rule. But in every event, the importance of mercy is kind of understated. In the world that we live in today, as a matter of fact, more people than not would not show mercy because they may view it as weakness. They may view it as some sort of shortcoming on their on their part. Would you agree that the importance of mercy is a little understated in our time in the world that we live in today? You know, I can't think of too many situations where a little mercy would make most situations better. How about you? I can't think of too many situations where we couldn't use a little bit more mercy. What are situations where you have seen mercy displayed? Love to hear your thoughts on our social media platforms. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, of course, at They Call Me Mr. You. You can also find us on Twitter at Call Me Mr. You. 
and as well as the gram at they call me Mr. U. I'd love to hear your thoughts about what you think about mercy, where you've seen mercy displayed. Give us some examples. Give us some poignant stories. We'd love to hear that on our social media platforms. Love to hear what you think about that. Where you've seen it, where you've experienced it, where you have actually done that towards someone else. What are situations where you have seen mercy displayed? Was it given without warning? Was it conditional? And based on some kind of contingency? Where have you seen mercy displayed? Where have you personally displayed mercy? We can get into the theology of it all. But at the end of the day, every single one of us are living under a mercy. A mercy, I might add, that we in no way deserve. In the baseball scenario from earlier, there's a consideration being made for a situation yet to be seen. In the example I gave you about the Little League baseball game, there's a consideration being made for a situation that's yet to be seen. The game didn't end yet. The children were not traumatized yet. But mercy was shown in advance of that. I guess in some ways to prevent that negative impact from actually happening. I'll say it again. There's a consideration being made for a situation that's yet to be seen. It's really important as we walk through this episode together talking about mercy. The mercy rule is the act of making a decision considering something that's yet to be seen. It's a determination made with future implications in mind. I'm going to say that again for those in the back. I think it's really important. I don't want that to get past you. If you're taking notes, this is the one thing you want to write down for sure so far. The mercy rule is the act of making a decision considering something yet to be seen. It's a determination made with future implications in mind, in advance. Mercy was set in place for a situation that hasn't happened yet. The kids on the opposing team weren't traumatized yet. They might be sad and feeling a little bit despondent, but an ice cream cone might solve some of those problems after the game is over. In a similar sense, mercy gave the world a savior before it realized how much they needed one or how epically bad the conditions actually were. Mercy gave the world a savior in advance of what was going to happen. You understand how mercy is being used here? We don't do it because a situation is happening. Mercy technically should be given in advance. Maybe in advance of the fact that maybe one day we'll need mercy. And we love for somebody to give that to us in that time of need. Let's keep moving. If I can, I want to share a few stories about what mercy looks like. I really hope you're encouraged by some of these. Uh, some of these was shared with me by a mentor and some I've read before and, and I've heard uh, throughout the circles that I walk in. But I hope I'm not going to be too clunky about this, but I'm not. No, I'm kind of just giving you the stories the way I received this. So I hope you get the full picture of what it looks like. These are all three shining examples of what mercy looks like. I hope they bless you. There was a situation at a local supermarket. It was a really long line and the people who were waiting for checkout were starting to get really frustrated. In that line was a gentleman who happened to be a pastor of a local church in the area. 
He had all his items ready for checkout. There was a few people in front of him and they were seemingly having a problem with the cashier. Uh, the cashier had a very bad attitude. Everything that was said to her, she responded back abrasively. Every customer that came through the line, came through her line specifically, she was rude to them. She was short. There was a lot of murmuring as this went on with the people in the line. Some were calling for her head. Some was calling for her to be fired. Some was calling for her to not be allowed to work in that store anymore. Some even planned to tell the manager about her behavior. They felt like she was not fit to serve in that role or represent that company. No matter what they said to her, she had a negative response. Now, when the pastor got to the cashier, with all the murmuring he was hearing, all of the comments and complaints, he tried small talk with the cashier. He tried to ask her how her day was. Is there anything I can do to help you, he asked. Are you okay? What can I do to make your day better? Were the questions that he asked the cashier. Her body language immediately changed just because he asked her how he could help. She looked up at him and began to explain that her husband had just lost his job a couple of days ago. And their toddler son was admitted to the hospital with a sickness that no one could explain. Her heart was with her son, obviously, and she wanted to be there in the hospital with him throughout this process of diagnosing what was wrong with her son, but she couldn't because her husband lost his job. And she needs to work more than usual to compensate for the financial loss that losing his job had on their family. And to top it all off, she began to explain, no one at the hospital could tell them what was wrong with their child. They had no answers. And then to make matters worse, every message they sent to the hospital, phone calls, they didn't respond back to the parents. And they felt like they were just getting a runaround while the children, while the child was in the house, in the hospital sick, excuse me. One of the ladies behind the pastor asked the cashier, what field does your husband work in? And she explained the field that he used to work in. And she said, she happens to know of two agencies that need exactly the same kind of help that a husband could provide. He has all the qualifications from what she can hear. She gave the cashier her contact information. Immediately, the cashier's body language began to change again. Her eyes began to brighten. There was a man, a couple of customers behind that lady, wearing scrubs. And asked the cashier what hospital was her child admitted to. The cashier told him which hospital and said he has a friend there that's a nurse. And they can give her frequent updates on her child's condition while she has to work. Again, the cashier's body language improved and she began to smile and then she began to weep. Amazingly, nobody in the line wanted to see her fired anymore. Imagine that. All because of an act of mercy by one person looking to make a situation better rather than making matters worse, like sometimes we're prone to do. 
at the end of the day, we run into somebody who has that kind of attitude, maybe abrasive, maybe combative. We have to remember one simple thing. Five words. At the end of the day, we should remember these five words. We don't know their story. We don't know their story. Next story. This story is about a young boy by the name of Teddy. He is in his in a sixth grade class. Sixth grade English to be precise. But he didn't seem to be learning. His teacher, Mrs. Brown, began to get frustrated. And every time she had a chance, she spoke to Teddy sharply. All the other students seemed to be trying. But Teddy, he stood out because he just decided not to try. To offer no effort. No class participation. No cooperation with his classmates. And very little response to her as the instructor. The teacher would compliment the other students for their hard work and give them her attention, but she would ignore Teddy because she was frustrated with his attitude and his behavior. Teddy would just sit at the desk and even be teased by his classmates because of his grades and his lack of interaction and his lack of responsiveness to the questions and the classwork. Some days later, the school initiated a teacher appreciation day. And many students bought this teacher, Mrs. Brown, some gifts. Ms. Brown went through all of the gifts that were given to her by her students. And when it was Teddy's turn to offer his gift, the teacher opened it. And all the other students began to laugh loudly, pointing and snickering, mocking Teddy's gift to Mrs. Brown, his teacher. It was a half-used bottle of perfume and a necklace that was partially broken with a cracked pendant. The teacher didn't know what to make of this. That night she went home and couldn't stop thinking about Teddy's gift for some reason. She received many gifts that day that were thoughtful, but she couldn't stop thinking about Teddy's gift. Miss Brown just didn't understand why Teddy would give her these two specific gifts. He barely talked out loud in class and he was not sociable, but he gave her these two gifts. Why? Miss Brown wondered. Why these gifts? And why did he give them to me? So, she, she was un, unable to rest and unable to understand why this happened. So, the next day, she decides to do a little bit of research. She went through all of Teddy's files the next day. She found multiple progress reports all the way back to first grade. She sat down in her office to read through them. Second grade, Teddy is doing very good. He is great at math and he loves to read. He shares stories of what goes on at his house and all about the fun he has with his mom going to the park, having ice cream party with his friends and having reading time together at night. Third grade, Teddy is learning really fast. He's reading beyond his grade level. He is the leader in his class. He loves to speak in front of the class. He loves to help his fellow classmates. 
It is a hard question on the board. Teddy handed the first one to go up. He always wanted to help his fellow students in the class. His smile and his big laugh always brighten the room and makes everybody happy. Fourth grade, Teddy has become distant. He doesn't make eye contact with anyone. He comes to school late and doesn't turn in complete assignments. Sometimes he doesn't do the homework at all. He doesn't participate in recess and he doesn't play with his classmates anymore. He is still suffering from losing his mother in a tragic car accident. Fifth grade, Teddy has lost all interest in his education. He often is absent from class and hasn't turned in any assignments. Phone calls to his home and his father go unanswered. His father has verbally stated that he wants nothing to do with Teddy. So Teddy basically has to fend for himself. The teacher shook her head, shocked at the history she read in these progress reports. The next morning when class was about to start, she decided to put on some of the perfume on her neck, which had a very strange smell that she couldn't describe, but she put it on anyway. She also put on a necklace around her neck and walked into the classroom. She called Teddy up to her desk. With the necklace on and the smell of the perfume, both immediately caught Teddy's attention. Why did you give me these gifts? Mrs. Brown asked Teddy. Teddy replied after a pause. I wanted to give you the only things I had left. Now you have the necklace my mom used to wear every day. And now you smell just like she used to smell. Mrs. Brown's eyes welled up with tears. From that moment, she determined to help Teddy in any way possible. She took extra time on the weekends to tutor him in his classes. In many ways, she became a mom to Teddy. She helped Teddy pass the sixth grade and he moved on to other teachers. She never lost touch with Teddy. Several years later, she received a letter in the mail. From Teddy. Thank you for helping me with my schoolwork. I graduated from high school and I owe it all to you. Another letter came years later from Teddy. I'm about to graduate from college. Thank you so much for being there for me. I'm not sure I would be here if it wasn't for you. And some years later after that, she received another letter from Teddy. I'm about to finish medical school. Now, you can call me Dr. Teddy. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. She received one last letter from Teddy. I'm about to be married, and I would like to invite you to our wedding. I'd also like you to sit in the seat my mother would sit in if she was here. Yet another example of what can happen when just one person shows mercy to someone else. And our last story is one that's probably familiar to you. It's called the parable of the unmerciful servant. It reads, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, he answered. 
I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you today these three stories and I ask you today. I ask you to do something that you may not normally do. I ask you to think about how you treat other people. Every interaction, every situation. I ask you to think about it. These examples are life-changing scenarios where mercy being shown to someone not only changes their present, but it has the ability to change the future. In the same way, you can speak a word to somebody that's negative and it can affect them presently and in their future in the same way, in the same fashion. One act of mercy from you without any expectation of return can change someone's future for the better. Wherever you are today, however you are listening to the podcast for the people, they call me Mr. You. We thank you so much for making us just a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. We are your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm encouraged. I hope these three stories are a blessing to you. Please, Share them with somebody else. Somebody who needs to know that mercy is still possible. As a matter of fact, if it's within your power, show mercy to them. I'm sure you can figure out what that looks like. Have a great day. Thank you again for joining us. Please continue to listen, share us, and subscribe. We your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Have a great day. Coach out. Enjoy the music.
Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.